Welcome to the podcast for WGTS 91.9's Gateway Fellowship, a weekly service for anyone of any faith that is ultimately about inspiring hope. You can learn more and find more messages like this at MyGatewayFellowship.com. My name is Kermit Metterberg. I pastor the Beltsville Seventh-day Adventist Church, but my major claim to fame is that Jesus has saved me. Do you have a similar claim to fame? I know His love never gives up, never runs out on me, never fails. And that's always a good sign in life. Um, I want to tell you a story this evening. It is a story of, of a love that never gives up, never runs out, never fails. It is scandalous love. It starts in a town in Judea 2,000 years ago. Now, it is a story that comes from the Bible, but you won't find it in one place in the Bible. There's a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit up here, a little bit down there. It comes from all over the Bible. I want to piece these pieces together today because sometimes in the Bible we can get so busy with a three-word phrase we miss the life story that could make a difference in our life story. She grows up in a really good Jewish home. They want the best for their children. They seek the best for their children. But some difficulties happen. And she ends up probably being a domestic in a home. Now it's a good home. It's one of the, it's one of the good homes in the synagogue. They're worshiper people. They are the people who, who, who try to serve God. They're doing their best to do everything that is right. Have you ever failed when you try to do everything that is right? One day in that home, the failure happens. And the man of the house and the young lady who's the domestic get involved in a situation that shouldn't happen. And... And as often happens after that as well, he has no respect for her when it's done. Why does it work that way? He is the one who did something wrong to her, and he is the one who says it must have been your fault. And she doesn't have any shred of dignity left. And in fact, Mary leaves Simon's home And doesn't feel right at her home and ends up leaving the little town of Bethany just a couple of miles from Jerusalem. And moves up north to the Galilee region. Now today you could drive that in maybe a mile. But but then it was a universe away. And that's where she wanted to be. A universe away. And she gets up to the Galilee region and she comes to a town called Magdala. And she lives in Magdala. She looks for a job. Not a lot of jobs young women find. Except one she's been introduced to in the worst kind of way. 
But Magdala is a pretty good place for that profession. You see, there's a Roman garrison at Magdala with 500 men and zero women. And Magdala is a town on the trade route. If you're going from somewhere over in the Euphrates Valley to anywhere over towards the Nile Valley, you're going to go around the Sea of Galilee through Magdala. Great trade route. Merchants and businessmen away from home come through Magdala. And Mary finds a life in Magdala. Now, she doesn't like that life much. That life doesn't do anything for her self-esteem and her dignity, but she finds a life there. And she plies her trade. She learns a few things along the way. Men like candles. Men like great sense. And so she makes sure she has perfume. She makes sure she has candles. She makes sure the windows present the, the breezes of the Sea of Galilee. She gets good at what she does. That doesn't mean she likes being good at what she does. It means she gets good at what she does. And one day, a businessman comes Sometimes she's been investing in candles and she just keeps them. Or investing in perfume, she just keeps them. One day, a traveler comes from far away. And because they share some intimate moments, he brings out some of his wares to show her that he's pretty big cheese. He's good stuff. And he shows her the most precious perfume He's ever had. You can't make this perfume without having been in the mountains of the Himalayas. And you can't make this perfume unless you have torn up the plant in the Himalayas because, because the perfume comes from the root of the plant. You have to kill the plant to get it. That means this perfume is expensive. That means this perfume is among the most precious things that are ever made on this earth. And, and Mary, Mary's been successful. So Mary has the money to buy this perfume from a plant in the mountains of India, that plant called nard. She treasures this perfume. This perfume doesn't get opened. This perfume is over here on the shelf. That perfume is her retirement account. That perfume is her maybe most precious possession, but it's also her most valuable possession. And nobody gets near that perfume. She looks out her window and she looks across the Sea of Galilee and she sees hills. And one day she sees... Big crowds on one of the hills. And somebody tells her there's a rabbi there. And he says things like, God loves you unrelated to your performance. God has a love that never runs out. It never gives up. 
always there for you. And she says, I want to go hear something about that. So she goes out where those crowds are. She kind of hangs out at the edge of the crowd because there may be people really in the dense part of the crowd who might know her and might whisper about her. But even at the edges, she can see and hear the love that isn't like any love she's ever known before. See, she's had to earn all the love she's ever had before. And and this person is talking about love that isn't earned, it's given free. And she wants that. And she hangs around until the crowd is gone. She comes up to this teacher, his name is Jesus. And she says, can I really believe this? What do I have to do to get this? What's it going to cost me? She knows love that involves transactions. She doesn't know love that involves gift. And Jesus presents her with love that's free. There's no transaction involved in that. It's just given. You can choose to accept it, or you can choose to say, I don't understand this kind of thing, and push it away. But it's given. It never stops being given. It's always there. And Mary has a new life for a while. But there's still Magdala. And someday she's back in Magdala. Times upon times, she's back in Magdala. And then she sees the crowd on the hillside, and she goes to where the crowd is. Because she wants that, she wants that love that is free, but that also never runs out. That's never ashamed of being with you, Even if other people don't want to see you in public, they prefer to see you in private. And one day this scandalous love seems to be embedded in her enough in a way that she says, I'm going to go back home to Bethany. I have a brother and a sister there. I want to go back to family. Some days being alone is really tough. And you want to go back where there's, where there's family. And she heads back to family, back to Bethany, back to Lazarus, back to Martha. They live together in this house. It becomes one of the center points. And Jesus, this young rabbi and his, his followers, they hang out at the house. It's where they are when they're in Jerusalem. They hang out in Bethany with them. And, and they hang out around the house and it becomes a place where lots of people come. And, and one day while Jesus is there, There's this guy named Simon. You remember Simon? Simon's got some experience here. 
And Simon knows that you have to do good things to be good and to get God's blessing. See, Simon knows about love that's a transaction. But it's not that physical kind of love from Magdala. No, it's that spiritual kind of love that he has misunderstood. And he thinks spiritual love can be bought and paid for by the way you act, the way you behave, the things you do, the money you give. And Simon knows that if you haven't done right, you get sick. And Simon gets leprosy. And Simon knows why he gets leprosy. Simon also knows who heals lepers. So he arranges a way to meet Jesus and Jesus heals him. Whoa! This is awesome! You get a second chance at transactional love. I've got a clean record with God and and I'll be good now. Oh, I'll be good now. And he gets involved with Jewish leaders and he wants to... wants to... Oh, come on, let's be real. Suck up to the leadership people. He wants to, he wants to do the stuff that ingratiates himself to all the leaders. And those leaders aren't so sure they like Jesus. And Simon's struggling here. The guy who healed me from leprosy, the people whose favor I want to curry, And Jesus goes back to Galilee and all the leaders are still here. And they begin talking about ways to get Jesus. Maybe we could trap him, turn the people against him. What kind of a trap could we spring? And Jesus is coming back from Galilee. And the trap they would spring... They've got an idea. We could get someone, catch that person in adultery, bring that person. Jesus, he loves everybody. He never gives up. He never fails. He never runs out on anybody. We'll take that person we catch in adultery. We'll drag that person to Jesus in a public venue and say, what do you say, Jesus? The law says we ought to stone her. What do you say? Do you want to deny the law, Jesus? And, but we need somebody. Who do we trap in adultery? How are we going to make this work? And Simon remembers somebody who used to work in this field. And he puts this plan into action. And Mary is thrown at Jesus' feet. And and Jesus, Jesus is faced with this impossible situation. A woman he knows, he loves, he cared for. A woman that he's never run out on. And a law he has never run out on. And you know, when people come to you and say, what do you think, A or B, sometimes you want to say, C. And Jesus says, well, this is not really about whether she should be stoned or not. I'm fascinated that Jesus doesn't say, wow, was she alone? (laughs) There's two people usually involved in this, but 
He doesn't do that. No, he says, you know, want to uphold the law, want to uphold grace and mercy. Who here would be perfect enough to carry out the execution? I feel safe in this room because ain't none of us perfect enough to carry out my execution, which I deserve. Nobody here perfect enough to carry out the execution we each one deserve. And then when all the accusers have left, Jesus says, maybe it's time for you to go on your way. No condemnation. A love that never runs out, but never gives up. And Mary heads home. And Simon starts thinking, you know, maybe I need to pay Jesus back. After all, he did heal me from leprosy. And, and so Simon says, I think I want to throw a party. You know, that's, that's what you do when you've really got this bent of transactional love. I, I got healed. I got to pay something for that. So I'm going to throw a party. Now, if you want to throw a party and you want people to come, who better to invite than the guy who was dead a couple of weeks ago and now is alive, Lazarus? And who better to, to put the food together than Martha? I mean, they've been running parties good. They've had lots of people in. This is, this is the way to make a party work. So, so Simon invites Lazarus. He invites Mary, uh, Martha. He misses the invitation for Mary. And Jesus comes to that house. And Mary knows how to get into that house. And she comes in through the back door. But she comes in with a very, very special thing. You remember that perfume they make in the mountains of the Himalayas when they have to tear up the tree to get at the roots to make the perfume? She brings in her most precious possession. You see, Simon over here, he's figured out transactional love. He's going to give to pay back what he's gotten. Mary over here, she's got real love figured out. She's going to give because she loves. Not because she ought to pay back. Oh, there's plenty she ought to pay back. But she gives because she loves. And it's no problem to bring the most precious thing you have at that point. She opens that perfume and gives it to Jesus. She pours it on His feet. And there are people who know. what's been done with perfume before. And Simon, in fact, says, Jesus must not be much of a prophet or he'd know who that is and get rid of her. And here's where scandalous love really shows up. 
You see, the love Jesus has showed to Mary is scandalous. And the love that Mary now shows back to Jesus with the most precious thing she's got, that's scandalous. But now here's Simon. And you see, Simon is somebody who needs to know love as well. And, and Jesus turns to Simon. Simon's here thinking, if Jesus knew who that was, he'd probably throw her out of here. And Jesus turns to Simon and he says, I've got a story I'd like to tell you. Can you imagine Simon at that moment? Oh, he's going to unmask me. He's going to tell all my dirty little secrets. And Jesus shows Simon scandalous love as well. Because Jesus doesn't tell all his secrets. Jesus doesn't expose him to everybody in the room. Jesus just says, who do you think loves most? People who don't need much forgiveness or people who need a lot of forgiveness? He tells Simon a story that is all about Simon, but only Simon would know it's all about him. And that's the scandalous love Jesus brings to this room tonight as well. See, his love never gives up. It never runs out. His love never fails. But it never makes a public spectacle of you. It always is there to nourish you. And so tonight... I don't know if you come from a Mary background or a Simon background, but I hope you leave with a Jesus background. So just tonight, I want to pray for you that that will be your experience. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, give us, give us your love. We've been run out on more than occasionally. And we've run out on occasionally. But we want you there forever with us. Let us leave with a full dose of the beautiful, sweet perfume of your love in our lives. Wherever life's journey is taking you, we hope you can find a home at Gateway Fellowship, a ministry of WGTS 91.9. We'd love for you to visit us sometime. Services happen each Saturday evening at 6. You can learn more about us and get more podcasts at mygatewayfellowship.com.